Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. To the mouth of manliness with me, Nick Noise. Uh, welcome back. Um, this season, I might as well call the Zoom season because everything's on Zoom. Um, but I have grown to quite like Zoom, although, you know, it is nice to actually meet people. But um, it's kind of quite nice because people are more inclined to say yes. I need to do a shout out to my man, Wergy at Wergy Productions, who li- will listen to this and will think, oh, he does care. Because he's producing, like, masters all of these things for me. Um, and a shout-out to um, patrons. I've got, like, four patrons. Um, so, shout-out to you guys. Um, yeah, especially to you guys. So, today, I've got um, Joel Blake. And Joel Blake, uh, apart from being a really cool fella, um, has a YouTube channel where... Um, how best to describe it, Joel? First, welcome, Joel. Welcome. Thank you very much. Massive How do you pleasure. Describe it. Yeah. How do you describe your YouTube channel? Um, well, I suppose it's it's geared towards positive mental health, definitely. Yeah. Um, and I suppose I've refined it since then because it's quite it's quite broad in, in with the topics that I, I go across, and. Um, it's very mindfulness based, but I wanted to not restrict it to that. So it's got mindfulness, minimalism, um, like lots of methods for letting go and some like list videos to show, um, like how to get motivation in your day or, um, like the most recent video is about stopping procrastination and things like that. What's that today? I liked it. Yeah, just things to try and make your life better in a way. I think, uh, like from my point of view, I think you pitch it really well. It don't seem preach at all. And because like you're so prominent in it, um, you don't come across like some of those guys do. You know, you come across as pretty upfront and honest, and it's like, and for me, that kind of works. Like, you want someone who, you know, like Tony Robbins or someone, he always seems too good to be true, and he, he and you yeah. feel like it's a bit fake. Uh, yeah. Whereas it's where, because it's like you, and you're kind of like 
young and enthusiastic. It, I think it pitches really well. It works. Thank you. Thank Because, yeah, I think with the Tony Robbins thing, that, that kind of, his stuff, what he talks about is amazing, but it's so personality driven. Mm. It's like he has reached this point. Um, and I don't think it's very attainable for everyone else necessarily, because what you're buying into is just like him being loud and proud with it. And, you know, you should be like me sort of thing. It's easy. All you've got to do is stand up and shout about it. Yeah. But yeah. there's there's so much. Everyone is, has com- a completely different place when they got to, when you wa- they watched your video or, wh- or when they finally want to seek some sort of help. Um, so you, uh, you've really got to have a bit of honesty in there, I think, and some personality. Yeah, uh, like I watched the Tony Robbins documentary. I think it was on Netflix uh, or Amazon or something not that long ago. And uh, like, it, there's a bit in it when he's basically doing like the Wim Hof methods, um, and like it, it's almost like watching Tom Cruise do it. You know, uh, like he's doing his kind of pumping and that to himself on his massive, like fucking mansion. And he's almost telling everyone, like, you can be me. Um, and that kind of almost just wipes out the fact that everyone's got different personalities and everyone's got a different way of doing things. And not everyone necessarily, it, it almost sounds like you could be a millionaire like me. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's, that's, that's fucking too far. You know, like, it seems unattainable. It seems impossible. And yeah. It should be simple. Like all the things at work are simple. Very much so. I love Not that. Simple to do, but simple ideas. Yeah. And it's when we start adding too many wants and desires that things stop getting simple and we and we go away from the base factor that we have everything we need. Um and if <laughs> the moment you start needing and wanting, I'm not saying it's a bad thing because everyone does it and obviously you want a better life. But if you don't, if you don't do it coming from a simple area, then it just comes bogged down and becomes too confusing and it becomes um, not as not as therapeutic as it, as it can be if it's simplified, definitely. It becomes the opposite, doesn't it? It becomes like a weight around your neck, I think. It's like, oh, you know, I really want a bigger house. I want more money. You know, I need more things. And yeah, like that becomes like a, you're carrying this weight around. When if you really just think, well, what do I really need? Uh, it simplifies things. It takes the weight off of your shoulders. That was uh, very much one that I was looking at um, of yours that, uh, that really kind of ring true with me. You know, uh, like, did you call it, you called it a particular thing, like, uh, it was chemical or something like that. Um, whereas, you know, it's basically wanting things outside of yourself to make you feel better. Yeah. And it's like, like, I often say to people, you know, in the nicest possible way, it's like, it's a fool's errand. Because happiness isn't out there. Happiness is inside. And it all becomes a bit kind of spiritual, but, I'm learning that um, it's more about that than most other things, really. Yeah, absolutely. It's like you said about the chemical thing. It, yeah, you you are 
you're relying then on other yeah. things to go your way. And I mean, we have no control over the things around us, really. So if you don't try to find the happiness within, you, you can find happiness from outside, from external sources, but you're then reliant on other things going away all the time. And you're almost reliant on a win-lose kind of um, basis of your life because you win by getting something externally, but then someone else might lose out or sometimes you might lose. But if you practice letting go of things or, or letting go of needs or, or becoming accustomed to the outcome being okay either side, if, if it happens great, if it doesn't happen, that's okay. And you start winning in, sorry, you start living in like a win-win kind of situation where you're just always winning. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a really nice way of putting it, actually. Uh, you know, if you're like, yeah, if you win, great. If you don't win, then it's not going to bother you. You know, like, yeah, I think uh, I've spoken to quite a few people. Um, I spoke to one guy not that long ago, and he was saying, like, he made loads of money, and he was, like, literally, like, sitting in, like, on a blow-up sofa in his own swimming pool, smoking a cigar and drinking, like, expensive cognac. And he was like, and he was actually just, you know, anyone looking in would be, oh, he's got everything. But he was just actually thinking about uh, how he's going to kill himself. And you're like, it, like, things don't really matter that much. You know, it's nice. And like, they might give you temporary, uh, like a temporary buzz or, you know, relief. But yeah. once that's done, then it's like, what, what, what shall I have now? And then it's kind of never ending. Absolutely. And if if you if you get everything that you you think you want like this guy has, and then you feel unhappy, I think then you can start telling yourself, "Oh, I'm an unhappy person then because I've got everything I need, and now I'm I'm I'm, I'm unhappy." So there's no new approach. There's no like because you're not going to let go of the things that you have if you have like all that stuff. You're not going to go, "I'm oh, I'm going to give it away." Sometimes that might happen, but usually you just get caught in a, a spiral of shit, I've got everything I want, and now I'm unhappy. I'm an unhappy person, um, which is quite sad. But, yeah, but you're not necessarily an unhappy person. Like, yeah, that's so right. That's so true. And it's like you're not necessarily an unhappy person. Oh, no, 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 exactly. No, not at all. Not at all. But you've... <laughs> you, there's, because your whole life you thought that you will be happy when you have all those things and you haven't learned other ways of necessarily finding happiness. Um, and then suddenly you've got it all and you don't feel it. Yeah, and then you just fucking lost. I mean, that happened to me to some extent. When I was like, yeah, got two kids, got a wife, got a three-bed semi that was probably a bit nicer than my mum and dad's house when I was growing up. So I was like, success. But like, I wasn't happy. But then I, then I had a, a clinical depression. I wasn't going to be happy. But um, I did have those kind of moments when I was like, oh, fuck. Like, what now? What now? 
what, what the fuck am I going to do? Because I've kind of done everything. Uh, yeah, and I, I had a proper meltdown for a few months around that period. Because like, what do I do now? Yeah, bless you, man. And it was, it was very much like a therapist going like, like you're, you, you're looking for other people or other things to make you feel better. It's like, mm. they don't exist. Like, you know, if it does exist, it's brief. Uh, and then you feel... When you're in that like state that. And, you, and you hear someone telling you that, mm. how did you respond to it? Or, or um, at that moment, are you just like, look, there's enough, there's, I can't get out of this. Like, you telling me that's doing nothing. Like, uh, it, uh, no, it was exactly the right time when I heard all those kind of things. And all, like similar to all the things that you say in your videos really is that I heard them all exactly the right time at a point when I was like um, just desperate to not be you anymore and uh, so I heard them all and I fucking heard them you know like it was like yeah. fuck oh, that's beautiful. I've been yeah. doing it all wrong you know like uh, and then yeah I did like I was having psychotherapy as well so it all kind of came at the right time so it was sorry I'm going to jump back because uh, I do feel like I need to shout out Chris Kemp because he's your cousin, which I can't fucking believe. I've been speaking, Chris Kemp, uh, for anyone who's listened to the last series of this, um, he did our live one in Margate. Um, and I've done another recording with him. We're, we're going to do like a charity fundraiser together. Um, so I've been talking to him fucking far too much recently because he is the worst procrastinator in the world he's like everything he has to fucking think about it everything in detail uh and it drives me absolutely mad to the point i've been like look i've done my bit you just go and do whatever you need to do and tell me when you're done so like, i can't deal with him. <laughs> you know, i love him to death and we've been friends for a very long time Jesus, you know, we're all different, aren't we? Yeah. So do, did you, do you, like, know him well? Because, like, I didn't know if you were, like, a distant cousin or anything. Yeah, no, really well. We, we mainly only see each other at like, funerals and um, weddings and things like that, but we get on amazingly when we do. He's, oh, I don't know, he's an amazing guy to speak to. Um uh, yeah, and probably only really started knowing him as I got a bit older. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's been through his first round of shit, that's for sure. Oh, massively, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, we were kind of, yeah, I was, yeah, I went to see him in hospital one night and it was fucking no. Mm. Yeah, no. So, how did you, so, how did you get into this thing, Joel? Because I'm assuming that something went wrong to get you to a point where you're like, I need to think about things differently. Yeah. Um, it's a strange one. I, I was never, I never would have said that I was necessarily depressed. Um, but looking back now, I feel like I was, and that's probably what pushed me into it. But I had no, I just had no, this is probably when I was about 25. Um, I've been to university, you know, I had like a pretty good life and stuff. I'd started working um, and I was in film and TV and it's just like constant work all the time, loads of hours and stuff. 
um, I just thought, I, I just felt like year on year on, I, I was, I was losing my identity and I felt, um, just, I felt like my, my head was in a bit of a vice and I, it was closing in every day. And I felt like oh, my head was going to burst at some point, not so much because of the work, but just wasn't, wasn't feeling like I had any kind of zest for, for life really. Um, and I was procrastinating and doing all the things that I didn't want to do. And my brother had recently done, he'd done this, I don't know if you ever heard of it, he'd done this, um, it's called a Meisner weekend. With a, no. It's not the, um, the man thing. Le, uh, the landmark. I was thinking about the man thing where uh, like men go away to kind of rediscover their manliness. I've heard of them. No, that sounds fun. No, not no, it's not that. It's it's called landmark and it's like right. a intensive um course that they do in places like London. You go up there and you stay you stay close by and you go and get spoken to for three days about how your life could be better. A little bit like Tony Robbins, but yeah. often you come out of it and you're like you're in like a meditative state um, just because I think you've never really been thinking that way before and being spoken to for like 12 hours a day about how you could live your life. People like my brother called me um, on the third day and he'd never told me that he loved me before. He was like, Joel, I love you. Um, you, I think you should do this. It would like completely change your life. I, I just, I feel like I've, you know, something sparked inside me. Um, and we thought like joined a cult or something. We did yeah, yeah, it sounds cult, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, but it was a bit scary. Um, but it kind of, it, it hit me at the right time because I realised I wanted to do something. I didn't necessarily want to do that because I wanted to do something I had power over, um, power over being able to keep renewing that that kind of uh, positive energy because I, I i knew that or, or i i thought that once you went home from this retreat you can't take all all that away with you again so you might just end up going back into how you felt before so i started um learning about mindfulness and meditation and it was just it was like a light switch really it, I was quite lucky because I think it just it hit me immediately and I think for four years I haven't not meditated in a, in a day just, uh, just over three years so how did you do it did you do it like books stuff like that or did you did you see someone no yeah I did um, I started on this book by Mark Williams called uh mindfulness in a frantic world and it's it's just a six-week program um i think i've got that you know have you? i'm pretty sure i have is it like a4 shape it's got like a bigger book it's not yeah. i'm pretty sure i've got it Blue and, cover and uh it's not a fantastic book but it just really resonated with me and i since then i've just developed it and it's escalated into um, learning Buddhism and going to, well, 
going to Buddhist meetings around here and almost almost becoming a, really? a Buddhist, really. Yeah, it's, that's really interesting because like, I I just think I think a lot of Buddhist stuff's quite hard to argue with. You know, like it's hard to argue against. Because essentially, it's like it all really makes sense. But we're in a world where, um, like, it doesn't rub with a you know a capitalist society. Yeah, essentially, it's like I might. Well, how can any of that be wrong? You know. Yeah. And um, it's funny. Like I was talking to someone. I spoke to someone yesterday, and she was saying that she really couldn't couldn't take mindfulness on. Mm. I experienced mindfulness um, well, maybe about four or five years ago when I, I was having therapy um, one of the many times and it was a really good bout of therapy for about a year and um, the guy started introducing mindfulness to me and um, I still use it. I use quite a bit. Uh, the idea of just uh, being present, like I find myself when I start feeling myself going, I start trying to be more present, thinking yeah. about like the now, what's in my hands at any one time, stop worrying about the future, stop feeling sad about the past. There's a lot of mindfulness techniques that I, I use, although I didn't jump into it with both feet, but I... I find that with most things, there's something of value in most things. So I try and take, I go in with an open mind on it. So what meditation do you do? I I do a really simple meditation now. Um, I'd probably call it an insight meditation. Um, and I literally, I've just got a few levels that I try to hit in like deep well meditative state and once i've once i know that i've reached that level i will then pass on to the next and i'll usually try and get to like the fourth level and just stay there and sink into peace for i mean on lockdown it's been incredible because i can in the morning i usually spend about 45 minutes you really which yeah. you normally well, when I'm when I'm working, I I try and get about half hour in the morning, and then in the afternoon I'll do another fifteen minutes or something. But at the moment, I've been doing about at least an hour, hour a day. I've been loving. So, yeah. you, so when you did it, Joel, uh, like I've had a few experiences around that kind of thing, but I'm just interested, really. So, when you first did meditation, did you find it easy? did it work like really quickly for you I did, yes yes and no I, I didn't I didn't find it easy but I it did work quickly for me which I'm very like I'm really grateful for um, really, that is lucky to get to feel something quickly yeah because that's been my like, I did um, I paid to do a um, this was around the time when I had a proper meltdown and then started diff, two different types of therapy. And I also did transcendental meditation course, which is really expensive. And yeah. it, um, to 
and they could have just done it in half an hour, in fairness. Um, and I had a moment, a moment when they did it the first time because there's a ritual and I feel like the sense of ritual kind of overwhelmed me. Mm. And that made the me... Transcendental order. Yeah, the... yeah. Right. there's a ritual when you start and I'm stick to my promise that I, that I won't say it all, but there is a ritual and, uh, and then you meditate for like 20 minutes. You meditate 20 minutes twice a day. Uh, and then in that first one, I definitely felt something. Uh, and then I really struggled to replicate it. And basically, I really fucking struggled to switch my brain off. I find it so hard. Um, and then, so I did it for like probably a month, and I just couldn't get into it. And then I was like, this is stressing me out trying to do it. So fuck it. I'll just work things out for myself. And then... At the same time, I started having um, hypnotherapy. And although I, the hypnotherapist said, like, I'm shit loads of fucking medication, and he, was, he said, I doubt, I reckon that will block you from going under, but I still think it's, there's value in it. And I think when I have that, I get into a meditative state where I'm... Uh, I'm separate somehow. I feel a bit separate. You know, like, uh, the first time he did it, I just sank into the chair. Sweat just poured out of me. Like, it was like, it was fucking amazing. It felt like I, it felt like I'd smoked a hundred joints. I was like, and I spaced out for a couple of days. It was really amazing. Uh, and I never got as good as that again, but I, I still, like, I had, I, I did, I had a session before, Lockdown, just because I thought, you know, I'll have a refresher, and uh, and then I, I then I get into that area, I get definitely get into that area, and I, and because he, he does it in levels, I imagine that's probably similar to you, because he'll take you to different levels, and he'll go, and then we're gonna go down, we're gonna go to another level, and you're gonna go even deeper, and like, yeah. And then you just, you, you know, you can hear everything. You know what's going on around you, but you're not really there. So, uh, the, uh, the, the way, I, the closest I kind of feel is that I can feel like the earth. Wow. Beautiful. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. I can't do it on a day to day. But, you know, like, it's almost, the closest experience I had was the first time I took LSD. Uh, and I remember... Uh, being in farm fields and looking out of the fields and it looked like everything was breathing you know like just that slight everything was breathing and it just gave me that feeling like you're part of something bigger you know you're part of the universe and in some ways that makes you small and makes things less important yes and makes you more protected yeah, and yeah, yeah, you feel kind of safer and more secure. And suddenly, all the shit just is like, don't matter. Yeah, because we're—I mean, our bodies are made up of ninety-nine point nine 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 percent space. And when you do sink into that space, you realise that all the 
molecules and atoms around your body, they are surrounded by so much space. And we, we think we're made up of mainly water, but that water is made up of space. And we are space. We are that. And when you, when you do sink into it and see the feels like what you were saying, you know that at any point you can be linked to everything else. Really amazing. I've had it, yeah. See, I always think like I should, ideally, it would be something I did every every day, but I realise that I'm just kind. You know, like you just have to. Like for me, I've just accept the way I am a bit, yeah. and I almost. Like I'm always working on it myself anyway, really. So I kind of let myself off the hook. I did have a period like in lockdown when I was like my nan was ill and everything, and and. Brad, like my co-host, like ditched the podcast. I was like, "What the fuck?" And I got really, really stressed out. And my wife does yoga, and she swears by it. She'll do yoga, like she she do it like once a week, and and there's the meditation bit at the end. And she was mm. like, "Let's go and do some fucking med- like go and meditate, go and sit in the dark room, go on YouTube." And I did one, and I felt I was like, "Oh." <laughs> I do some more of that. So I ended up doing like like four 15-minute ones because it was like, fucking hell, that really sorted me out. I tell people that all the time now. I'm like, I know you don't want to hear it, but if you're really stressed out, just go and do a 15-minute meditation. Suddenly it'll be like, it's just like someone's just picking a big weight off of you. Problems are all still there, but you can deal with them better. Absolutely. Oh, so it is, it is kind of working for you still well. Mm. I, I thought you were saying that after that experience, you, you've had real ups and downs with it. But when you do it, it does. It opened my eyes to... Uh, it opened my eyes to the, um, like, the way we do things isn't... like. I, like I was always so sceptical of spiritual stuff, you know, like I was always the guy at Glastonbury going, look at those fucking dickheads. And, um, but that, that was more about me than them. Uh, and it was, you know, it was about me going like, jealousy, I guess. And, and now I've kind of let myself go a bit. Like I think it's, like it's very much about that kind of stuff. Very much about the earth, and and like when you look at like religion, religion used to be about the earth. You know, like religion wasn't about going to church; it was about like the earth, and you know, and the sun and the stars. You know, it was about being connected to the universe, and not fucking what it is now. You know? Absolutely, yeah. Well, yeah and my that they found. Yeah. Date back to, like, I think I read Sapiens, and that has some amazing insights into what spirituality was and, and what the first religions were. And, like you said, yeah, they, they worshipped Mother Nature, the Earth, yeah. the moons. Absolutely. And we've, we've got our clear claws into it, and comes power, commercialism, and money from thousands of years ago and that's just descended into now um but it's our job to see that for what it is and and it's more possible now so much more possible 
And I love listening to people like Eckhart Tolle who... Yeah, I love Eckhart Tolle, I really do. Fantastic. And he's, he's yeah, just so, he's so sure yeah. that everyone's going to wake up. I love that about him. And he knows that it finally is so possible. Um, and mindfulness has, has been amazing because it is, it's kind of a watered down or an easier version of Buddhism for West people to grasp. And it's, it's brilliant for that. Um, and it's, it's, it's given those kind of teachings to a mass of people. And then some people will then fall into different branches of it or Buddhism. Um, just you who obviously I feel like you you understand everything that you take on and are, are a very awoken person but obviously like all of us you're still struggling each day with chemical feelings and things like that um yes yeah, like often when I do struggle is when I start thinking about like those kind of things like mindfulness and you know the absurdity of a lot of things that the, the way we live our lives and how ridiculous it is and 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 I, like those are the kind of faults that kind of pull me out of the darkness very often uh yeah. and and i agree totally like mindfulness is uh is much easier to consume and I think often, like with the, the woman I was talking to, she found it too airy-fairy. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, it's because you're going in with a preconceived idea. And I, and if you're desperate, like I was, you will fucking listen to anything. Anything that's going to help, you're going to give it a go. And it's like, sometimes you have to be at that point to be able to kind of open like to be open to those kind of things. Oh yeah, you got exactly. You need to be ready. Yeah. yeah. That's the odd bit, isn't it? Because often people are going to therapy and they're like, right, fix me then. It's like, no, no one can fix you. Only you can fix you. That's the amazing thing. Like actually that think about it in those terms, that's pretty amazing that you can actually fix yourself. Like like the yeah. power is actually there. It's pretty fucking amazing. So then what? So, and I kind of see Buddhism as the pinnacle of that, you know, like that's like, mm. that's the kind of pinnacle of um, actually, kind of, you know, real happiness, really. Yeah. I mean, I, the thing I love, well, one of the things I love most about Buddhism is the fact that there is no God. They're the person that they look up to was a prince who had everything and he, he was exposed to, um, we went into town, he was exposed to some of the hardships that the locals go through. And once he saw um, suffering, he just, he couldn't get over it. Suffering had entered his life. And then he made it his life's work to try and let go of not just suffering, but happiness as well to reach peace. Cause I, I do think that if we strive for happiness and we want to be happy all the time, 
you're always going to have unhappiness because they they're like yin and yang they they live for each other they they can't get enough of each other like love and hate um but in in the middle of that there's peace and that's what i've been really trying to focus on because it's it's such a stable feeling and i feel like um sometimes if i get caught up in happiness and it, it, it revs up a bit too much i i know i'm only going to go one way so I, I'll, I'll usually bring it back to the mid layer of peace before i i let that crash again and, and i think now i i'm probably at a state where i i'm in peace most of the time so I don't necessarily experience or try not to experience happiness and sadness um and yeah come at it from quite a, a neutral aspect which sounds kind of boring i think it's it does to just saying it it sounds like who would want to choose that but i don't know i think it's that uh, i think there's like, i've not heard that before uh in those terms or really thought about it like that before hmm. but it's what when you're trying to be happy it's almost like you shouldn't have to try to be happy you know you just kind of are you know like like i feel like um for most of my life i've been trying to be happy and that's taken me through drinking drugs and everything else and yeah. um rather than just trying to just be you know just be all right and and all the time, it, it, it's because again, like happiness is like you're looking for something all the time. You want something. When, yeah, if you're just kind of peaceful, that's kind of where you should be. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Oh, that's something I'm going to take with me. Because even in meditation, when I, my meditation's kind of developed now, so I'm not necessarily after those states of euphoria or whatever i just i love doing it as an exercise so that i i basically try to go beyond doubt and beyond boredom because every time i sit down hopefully this is quite uplifting to people that try to practice meditation and get annoyed with it because they don't get better I don't necessarily ever get better at it. Like every time I sit down, I have the same doubts, the same wants to um, just be like 25 minutes into the meditation where I can enjoy it. But I, I love the fact that that arises each time because every time that arises, it shows me that I'm human and it gives me the opportunity to put those doubts to rest. So then I'll just sit down and work through the boredom. So I'd, when I said I go through stages of meditation, the stages are, I just, I give myself more. Um, so the start is, is really boring. I just sit in like darkness and um, just try and be in the present moment. And then I'll, I'll add more things to do until I start introducing the breath. And when that happens, you, you realize how beautiful the breath is then because i think you you haven't had it for a certain amount of time mm -hmm. and it's just like reintroducing um incredible things that 
obviously are, are taken for, for granted so easily. Yeah, that's quite fascinating, actually. I remember, like, um, Russell Brand talking about it, and he does Transcendental, and uh, Transcendental's, like, it's quite good for people like me who really struggle to switch off because it uh, it gives you something to do. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I understand that, yeah. And uh, even Russell Brand was like, he'll still sit there and he'll be like, my fucking brain's just going at me and going at me and yeah. holding me. And like, that's, that's my brain, that is. Because, yeah, I really struggle with it. But like he always says, essentially, you stick with it. And it's like, you won't hit something amazing every time. But you'll get to a point when you kind of do more often than not. Yeah. So, then, so, so, uh, so did you change your life a lot? after you kind of went through like those kind of that learning? That's a good question. Um, I, I probably refined my friendship group and I, I actually felt quite lonely when I initially did it because I, I just wanted everyone to get on board with it. And I, I just couldn't, you know, it's it just, especially because I said that um, the meditation hit me quite early on. Yeah. Straight away, all of, you know, my friends, my girlfriend, like my mom, I just wanted everyone to just get on board with this and learn it. And when I realized that it wasn't going to work necessarily like that for everyone else, I did for a while feel quite lonely in a in a in a great way in a, in a strange way um and then i th i think since then i suppose i did have to kind of restart my life in a way it was like a kind of rebirth in a really yeah uh like the masculine yeah and i think that's why i started the youtube channel yeah. um because i wanted to I just, I thought, you know, I'm going to stick this out and I'm going to get millions of people subscribing overnight because no one's heard this before. Because that's, that's how, like, empowered I felt by it. But then, you know, a week later, I had, like, four subscribers and stuff and it, it wasn't like that. So, yet again, I, that brought into the idea of that, that made me feel like I was on my own a little bit. But... Um, that that didn't last for long, and I, I realised it wasn't about that quite quickly. And I, I had to just um, read more, talk to more people who had the same interest, and start. I think as well that that's what got me more into Buddhism because there's there's more of a community that are based in Buddhism rather than. Um, mindfulness because mindfulness is quite a solo campaign I feel yeah whereas Buddhism is is so much about community you know, I really like um, I like uh, the other thing yeah the thing about Buddhism as well is that it's not uh, yeah you're not like worshipping a god um, I always struggle with that like i know like 
there was a time when uh you know we had philosophers who uh you know that they were able to say like the greeks would say you know like we have control over our minds and things like that and then religion kind of swept along and said uh oh no we're going to absolve you of everything like it's all god you don't have to worry about anything and everyone was like oh fucking we'll have some of that and um and it just took away like the idea that you can do things for yourself uh and that it's about the self and like buddhism like that's why like i find that much more easy to get on board with it's also um do you ever read any stuff on like Alistair Crowley or anything? Yeah. Oh, he should. Uh, he was quite um, elusive, but um, he uh, he was the one uh, who said, um, "Oh, what's the term? What thou will shall be the whole of the law." So it was basically uh, about um, about the self. Uh, and you know the power of the self and what you could do it all turns into a bit of black magic but actually there's loads more to it than that it's quite fascinating it's definitely worth having a look uh like alistair crowley Crowley, yeah led zeppelin wrote loads of books about like wrote songs about him and so did um like black sabbath but he was actually like a kind of quite ahead of his time thinker uh yeah if you get past the the kind of the glamour of it it's actually really fascinating and it's very much about the earth and that kind of thing uh, and about the power of the self. And uh, and uh, it, like, it was only the other day, I think I was feeling a bit fucked off, but like uh, I was going to give myself a tattoo of an inverted cross just because it's uh, like it's considered like a satanic symbol, but um, it's actually not. It's about like the crosses give power over to the Lord or the inverted crosses powers within. Uh, so a lot of my artwork, I have inverted crosses on it. And I remember Chris, your cousin, going, I'd think twice about doing that. You don't want to upset like, religious people. I'm like, you don't know what it means, do you? And then I explained, and he was like, oh. And that is part of my journey of getting to a point of like not looking outward all the time for things and looking, thinking it's, it's inward and it's, it's about me and it's about how I respond to the world and about what I tell myself um which is all quite mindful really yeah um incredible what you said about the religions taking over what philosophical thinkers have been talking about thousands of years ago I never really thought about that but that is so true in terms of like Marcus Aurelius or people like that who you can imagine where we might be today and how much more important we might focus on the positive energy inside us and, and the self being so important in the mental health. Yeah. Because, I mean, it should be, we should be talking about it in schools. We should be, it should be the first thing that children learn, I think, like how to how to deal with what's going on in your mind. Yeah, I find myself, like, my fucking standard phrase is, you don't have to listen to your brain. 
Yes. Your Love brain is going all the time, but you don't have to listen to it. And like, uh, and meditation's really good for that because it's like you go past listening to your brain. Yeah. It's other, a tool. Yeah. Yeah. I think the other thing that I, uh, that, um, oh, fuck, it's gone. There was, oh, fuck, what was it? Um, oh, the best thing I got from mindfulness, which I carry with me all the time, uh, is, and this was a revelationary moment for me, was um, stop fucking arguing with your brain. <laughs> like, like I have to make things into my way of speak, speaking, etc. But uh, that, right. that, did someone explain that to you? Is that where you just you just got there yourself? Stop fucking arguing in your brain. Yeah, uh, someone like this was um, part of like that therapy I was having when the, he was introducing mindfulness to me about yeah. four five years ago, and there was that always being in conflict with my brain I didn't know at that point that I didn't have to listen to my brain that came later but what happens he he was like stop up like you don't have to fight your brain you know like you can feel things but that's not all there is you know like um, and you, all the time you're fighting with your brain you're actually just making it loads, loads worse because you're almost kind of feeding into it and you're confirming everything your brain's saying. So I got to, and it was only really that clicked with me in the last few years with the idea that, because I think the mindfulness thing is about, um, it's almost just like you're just kind of being not, like being considerate, no, I can't remember the words he used to use, but it was like being considerate to your brain. Uh, compassionate. The idea of me being compassionate to my brain was like, I couldn't do it. And it was only when I saw the hypnotherapist I saw, I used to see him for nearly two hours a time. We'd do like an hour of hypnotherapy, an hour of just fucking talk therapy, really. And then when he was going, I was just like, my fucking brain. He was like, what's your brain doing? It's trying to protect you. And it's like, I was like, what? It's like, you don't have to listen to it. It's trying to protect you. So it's not really an arsehole, is it? You know, like, your brain's not actually doing quite a good job. It's just working too hard. And then, then then the mindfulness went, ah, right, I can be kind to my brain because my brain's not actually trying to do anything wrong. Yeah. What's the negativity bias, which ties into that perfectly, what you're saying. With... They say it's the power of four, and we we need four to witness four positive things just to um, try and alleviate a negative thing because a negative thing is four times stronger. Or like when we watch something in the news, something negative will be four times more impactful than a positive thing, and that's why the news that's why all it sells is that because it's it's selling it to us and we're far less likely to switch off. We're far more likely to turn the um, volume up if there's something bad happening. Because like you said, the mind is trying to protect us and it wants us to know these things. Because things we need to know this um, to survive. Yes, mega. You don't don't need to know 90% of it. No, and we, well, no, not in this day and age. Like we, 
our minds we've evolved so much in terms of technology and, and where we are but evolution takes so much longer to, to catch up than what we've done we've done something miraculous and a bit crazy the fact that we can you know do this now and talk on yeah. video chat shouldn't be able to happen and our mind can't really grasp it like we can talk about it and understand how it works but our bodies are, our bodies are kind of catching up and they're not going to be there for another million years i don't think so those you know our mind still thinks we're in the jungle mm. and everything's going to kill us so that's why when we have anxiety or things like that we we can't put it down because when we were in the jungle like you'd, you'd have anxiety when you're being chased by animal and then it would go and that would be fine but if you've got to reply to 10 emails and you reply to eight of them but then you've got two left that's that's a threat that exists still and that anxiety just will not go away you explained that it's so much better than I feel like I, 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 I say that to people all the time and I think you explained that so much better than I ever have um, and like, I, like learning that was really pivotal for me yeah. you know, and it is it's like just being just accepting be accepting of your brain and go it's alright it's fine like, I don't fight I don't like fight my thoughts particularly anymore you know like mindfulness is like you know you sit with your feeling for a minute and you think why am I feeling that and like if you can't really add up why you're feeling it you go I'll let it go and you know like those really simple things and you think yeah it should be taught in schools you know kids should be told from a really young age like I tell my kids I'm like you know yeah you're listening to your brain too much like you know you know, you know, you don't have to. And they're like, what? <laughs> they're just faults. They're just faults. And they're always there, but they breeze in and out. And like, really? sometimes they're shit. But, you know, you don't have to make something of it. And uh, that's quite hard learned, really. I feel like you have to kind of been, quite often you have to bin through something to get to that point. So, yeah. So, what's going on for you, then? We're like we've done our hour. So, I just wondered where where you are at now. Then, so are you? So, did you go? Did you continue to work in like film and that? Yeah. Yes, I still do. Um, I yeah, I have done since I left university. Really, I've done for the last seven years or something like that. Um, haven't worked for a while because of old lockdown yeah. sitch, which when this goes out might have ended, maybe. Probably. Um, but it's, yeah, yeah. And I, what was the question? Uh, I was just curious because I just wondered if, because you said before you kind of had this kind of like awakening, really, is that uh, like work was, you know, like, it just, it wasn't really rewarding you like on a deeper level and I wondered if then going and then learning these like getting stuck into the new techniques whether uh, it made I wondered if you then went fuck it I'm doing something completely different yes 
No, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. That, I think, I mean, it helped me. It, it, it started becoming a coping mechanism. And then um, I was able to see everything very differently. So I could, I could do the job like I'd, I'd never been able to do before. Um, I could work with less sleep. Um, my health increased. And I mean, I started rock climbing as well. And I think meditation and rock climbing at the same time, just, I felt like it turned me into a bit of a superhuman. I just, um, I, I mean, I really want to direct and I, I direct music videos and things like that. And, but in, in, in film and TV, I mainly work as a assistant director. Uh And I think, I, because I'm on a path where I'm not necessarily where I want to be yet. This is exactly what we're talking about. I'm, I'm doing everything I say I shouldn't. Um, but I'm, I'm happy with where I at kind of thing. Mm. And it's, it's made me able to do it with relative joy, um, even though I'm not necessarily doing what I love doing. It's funny because I think people think that when you you start thinking about life a bit differently and mm. become a bit more spiritual in many ways. Um, I think they expect you to drop out. You drop out of life and you just fucking, you, you live in, in, you know, you live in the woods and you, but you don't, you can still have ambitions and dreams and you can still work towards things. Yeah, so like it, it, it's not it's not one or the other. It just means that like you you're quite often more focused, um, and the day to day shit that you find at work, you know, like people getting into petty squabbles, yes, all of that stuff. You're like, no, no, it matters. It just right. yeah. why bothered? Like you can't control that person, so let it go. You know, like all these little teachings. Yeah. Um, suddenly, day-to-day stuff that would normally really piss people off suddenly just becomes a bit like, well, you know, if that's what you want to do, you can, but I'm really not. It's just not. Absolutely. Yeah, we've been trying to let go of being right. Um, and that those squabbles is all about right and wrong. And even if you're not part of the squabble, you want to give your opinion and you want to start trying to defeat the other person to show that you're right. So you're so right. Like when you do let go of that, um, you don't, you almost don't hear it anymore or you, it becomes comical, um, to seeing it for what it is. And there's nothing against the people that do it. I know that it, for them it is fun right? and drama obviously is very addictive, but, that I do think there's a better way. So do you, I, I started to think about things uh, in terms of ego. So if you can let go of your ego, suddenly loads of shit doesn't matter anymore. And yeah. I've said it to like friends who are always having arguments with their wives or something. I'm like, essentially you don't want to lose your wife. So why do you care if you're wrong or right? Yeah. Um, 
the only reason you care is because of your ego. If you can like let go of your ego, suddenly everyone gets on better because you're not. It's like your pride. If you pride is is a nothing. It's just a concept, yeah. you know. Like ego is just like a concept, and you know, like if you can let go of them, suddenly it's like someone has a go at you, and you're like, yeah. Some people take down a whole a whole family just to be right. Yeah, it, it will be something so trivial or silly but they'll hold on to that they prefer to die than be wrong and like what Eckhart Tolle says he he feels that the ego well it wants an identity and it does it, it clings on to you and everything that happens to you in life it, it builds a story yeah. and narrative yeah it uses that to get its claws into you and the, the ego is so scared of death more scared of death than what you are because you your actual presence is isn't necessarily that afraid of death the ego actually is so that's why it will hold on to being right yeah. beyond, beyond anything else in a way yeah, and it, yeah. If you can let go of your ego, uh, there's, um, as in Nietzsche, there's loads of people who talk about ego, or yeah. like, what is it, uh, Freud, it's the id. And, um, but yeah, your ego, uh, like, it hurts you. It causes you so much pain and hurt, um, and your pride, and it just, it just hurts you all the time, because basically everyone's always denting it. And you always got to fight and protect it, and all you're doing is hurting yourself. Mm. Uh, like the, you know, like the, like the general ideas of forgiveness. You forgive someone who's wronged you, yeah. because then you feel better. But that's a really good lesson. That one, that one, that one's helped. I still have to practice forgiveness, like all the fucking time. You've got to be strong and brave to do it, and that's why it's the most rewarding yeah it is yeah hugely rewarding ah so you want to be a director i tell you what like if i that's one of my biggest things that i wish i'd have done mm. like i went to arts university with chris that's how we become friends doing like fine art uh and i always wish i'd have got into making films I had a friend uh, who lived not far from me and his dad was like a key grip and he was, um, I went round his house and they had like a, a little like games room in the back garden and he had clapper balls from all the films he'd done and he'd done like Star Wars, he'd done all the Indiana Jones films, loads of Bond films, all for the house were like photos of him with like Marlon Brando, signs. Uh, we would play with the actual guns that we used in um, Flash Gordon. It was just fucking mental. And like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm obsessed with films. Like, I, I find uh, I used to take a lot of solace in films, often more so than music, because uh, you can, there's emotion and drama and a journey. And uh, so, yeah, I watch fucking loads of five, five films a week easily. Yeah, I used to, yeah, I used to, yeah, it used to be much more. 
It's been much more couple of films a night, every night. Like just anything I could lay my hands on, I'd watch. Obsessed with films. Uh, you play yourself in, then you, and then pick up the the emotion and focus. I I think I used to before meditation. It was like you said about the solace. It it was one of the only things that made me feel truly confident and. Um, depending on what I watched, that's the thing. It, <laughs> I'd, like sometimes I come out of the cinema and I, yeah, I'd feel like a different person. That that was the that was who I wanted to be, sort of thing. And I, th- I suppose that's why it stuck with me so much. M- music as well, to a certain extent. Yeah. But um, yeah, they're so powerful. They really are. I when I, I went to like I don't. Since having kids, I like I only ever go and watch fucking kids films. Um, <laughs> but um, like I went on my own to watch Joker, and when I walked out of there, I was like, I'm on the right path. You know, like it really kind of like there was the moment when he stands up and he's like at the end, and he's like everyone's around him, and he's like he can finally be himself, yeah. or not. Um, and everyone was behind him for being himself because he'd finally just given in, you know, and just done and told everyone the truth kind of thing. And I felt like I was doing that through the podcast, just the minute for being honest about myself and being and not holding anything back and being unafraid, suddenly thought, finally I'm actually being like authentic to me. And I felt, better and I walked out of there and I felt a hundred feet tall I really did because it just backed up everything I thought and it it, it was almost like that was me and yeah you certainly get that through films that's why I can't watch action films anymore like I can only watch like fucking dramas uh and I like uh like American indie films sometimes like little twee ones like Juno or something like that yeah they'll be the ones that will impact on me now. Yeah. No, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. An action film would, it's just, it's too much impulse the whole way through. There's no, yeah, it's just possible. You need to go up and down with it, don't you? And you need to reach that peak at the end or, or just something that, I mean, the Joker, it's funny that you should say that because I, I had a different experience. I felt, I felt really flat coming out. I think because I was exposed to that kind of, misery for so long um but a few days later i completely understand what you're saying but it took me a while to dissect it and and realize that the ending was actually quite uplifting and and what he'd what he'd done in the face of all that animosity was incredible but i think i was approaching it with too much and something i've been trying lately is to not approach things with empathy but approach things with compassion because I feel like, and this is something that I've always done. I'm a very sensitive person my whole life. Yeah. I've had so much empathy, like anything bad that happens, I've always felt like I have to almost take it on myself to try and understand what people are going through and offer my sympathy by being there with them and, and, and feeling it as well. But that is painful and draining. 
So now I approach it with compassion. So you, so you understand, yeah, look, this is bad. Like you feel bad. I'm here for you, but I'm not taking your pain on. And that, I think now if I, if I watch, I might watch Joe again, actually, to see if I can practice that. Cause I've, I've been practicing it, watching things lately and it's been really working cause I've been picking up a quick, being more of an active watcher in a way and, um, and not, not getting sucked, but, but getting, uh, I just kind of understand an understanding. I'm just like, I'm here watching as a watcher. I can appreciate it. But it I don't have to become it sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, that's really, I love what you said there about being compassionate. It's like, um, you know, like no one likes a martyr. If you're that martyr, it's like, no, I'll throw myself down with you. Yeah. You know? And it's like, actually, the person who's going through the pain, if you're doing that, it's kind of quite offensive anyway. Um, yeah. But... I tend to find myself more on the pose with that as, as in that I can't take on other people's pain at points in my life because it actually, yeah, it does the same to me. It makes me ill, like mentally ill. So I've learned, I had to learn not to do that. So it is, I, I didn't think of it in those terms, but I tend to, it's like, I'm sorry you feel that way. You know, it's like, I'm, you know, I'm with you. I'm here to support you and I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But you know, it's like, I'm not, I'm not going to feel the pain as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, like, um, it, there, there's those little bits, that, like in Joker at the end where, when he's like that and everyone else has got the masks on that are the same as him. You know, with that other thing, like we're all the Joker. Yeah. We, we've all been kicked around. We've like, you know, we're all being pushed down. The system is shit. We're all being treated like cunts um and we're all you know we're all we we can all rise above it you know like i was just taking it in loads of fucking metaphors um but any film that really gets people's goats like that and like people say have a strong reaction to are the first films you've got to go and see yes have you seen parasite yeah 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 i saw that with chris Oh, wow. We saw it on a Sunday morning. I went over to see him, and because he lives a bit of a way away, I normally crash. And we went to see Parasite in the morning. Um, yeah, and like that's another one you can really think about it. Um, and strangely enough, like uh, I have watched films that have got subtitles, but with that, um, the subtitles didn't really matter. Mm. Like you could, you kind of knew what was going on just because it was done so well and the actors were so good yeah. and it was such a good story that you could kind of just get enveloped in it. That's why it won everything, you know. It's like because it's fucking really, it's a beautiful piece of work. Absolutely, yeah, it is. It's like a comic book. It's it's a piece of art. Like every every scene stands out so beautifully. You're, you're right in terms of the the subtitles i didn't notice I, I switched off watching the subtitles after three seconds obviously i was reading them but i didn't realize i was it was yeah it was awesome That's amazing amazing yeah my wife was a bit fucked off i watched it without her but i don't think so the thing is when i'm at home this is the difference like if i'm at home i normally draw 
while I while I watch a film, depending like if if a film grabs me, then I'll put everything down. Mm. So I'm kind of disinclined to watch films with subtitles, but I have. Have you seen La Haine, uh, like a French film from like, probably 20 years ago? Uh, it's got Vincent Cassell in it. I think that's like when he first really started to do well, and it's about like gangs in Paris. It's quite violent. It's quite, but not like glamorised or anything. It's all black and white. It's amazing. Definitely worth a watch. Thank you. I watched that. Yeah, it's quite intense. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm going to have to leave it there. We've gone well over. I've really, really enjoyed chatting with you, Joe. I feel like uh, it was very therapeutic for me, actually. Oh, uh, thank you so much. That's, no, that means a hell of a lot. It's the same for me, talking to you. Like, every conversation we have in life, I feel we learn new things and pick new things up. Yeah, I think so. Especially ones like this, because that was yeah. Yeah, that was quality. Thank you. It's it's nice when um, someone else is doing something and it uh, backs up a lot of the things that you like, kind of newly believe. Because you need a bit of that, don't you? You need someone to back it up, and you know it's like going vegetarian. You need to hang around with vegetarians because you need someone to back it up for you. Yeah. Um, so it, like, that's why it was really helpful for me, because it reminded me of stuff that I had forgotten about. Stay in touch, Joe. If I can ever help out of anything, then give me a shout. Um, you, yeah, I'd like to stay in touch, because I think you're, you're great. Oh, thank you, man. I'd love to. That'd be amazing. And yeah. Thank you for having me on. Uh, anytime. I'll have you back anytime. Oh, quality. Right, Thanks, man. Care. Thank you. Bye, bye, bye. Take care. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started.